0: It is the Hump Day Show. Welcome to it. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for being a part of it. We are the world's only motocross rock and roll radio station, and we've got moto and rock and roll in spades today. In fact, coming up in mere moments, we will talk to our friend, a dude we really like, has been nothing but cool, and is down with the 4'9", and his name is Dylan Ferrandis. He rides for that star racing Yamaha team. And we really haven't seen much of Dylan since he won the outdoor championship in 2021. Three or four races in the Supercross season, and that was it. He had a lot of injury. And then he had the injury in 22 where he never even got on the outdoor track. So it's been a very long time, and it was good to see him come back and be back on the podium and have a really just good day of riding. So we will talk to Dylan. Really like that guy rolling out of France. He's a good dude. So uh, we will touch base with Mr. Dylan Ferrandis coming up in moments. If you missed the interview with Chase Sexton from yesterday, that will pop up in the middle of the show. And I have to tell you, I feel like I'm oozing What the Florida today. I got a fistful of Florida up in you today, and it's just, it's coming from everywhere. I got uh, two What the Florida's in the entertainment Report to shove them in there. I got another Florida story I will get into uh, later on. I got the top 10 states for beer consumption, and this isn't like, well, of course Florida and New York and California are gonna win because of the population, no, this is per capita. So these are the people that know how to throw down, and I will tell you, every single one of these states is a small state. A few of them kind of cheat. They're cheaters, We'll, we'll get into that. There's a few of them that are like, all right, that's a small state, but there's a cheater thing in there. And I'll get into it. But when you get to the top, it is just shout-out tip of the hat to some beer-drinking mofo. So we will talk to those guys. I also have a fire department where they're all in trouble for, well, being firemen. You know what happens when you put firemen in a firehouse? They act like dudes. Because you know what firemen are? They're pretty alpha male dude-like dudes. Yeah, they're all in trouble for that. Don't be a dude and act like dudes in a house full of dudes. I got a UFO story that's an old story, but I like to revisit these, and I like to keep these all top of mind and push this narrative out there. I have an agenda like uh, the mainstream media. Mine is to keep UFOs in front of your ears as much as I can so that as we push and push and push for disclosure, that you'll be used to hearing this. And, And then you'll look back eventually and be like, wow, that crazy tarot card reading stretch isn't all that crazy after all. Maybe he's on point. So, I'm always right, by the way. I have, oh man, my Went to Florida story's got to be good. Basically, you go to Florida, get the craps where you crap yourself to death. And then I have a song that a guy, I'm going to play for you. It's a rap song, but I'm down with the hip-hop. The hip-hop hunky don't play. I know more about hip-hop than any middle-aged white man should know. And I'm going to drop some knowledge on you on a brand new hip-hop record that is blowing up on the iTunes charts, but it's getting shadowed. Shadowed, bitches. What does that mean? That means the algorithms are burying it. It's the number one song in America, and I'm talking it's beating Taylor Swift and every other little pop star out there on the charts right now. It is number one on iTunes, and they are shadowing it and burying it, and it's the political agenda, and we will get into that. And I'm going to play you the song just because we don't play rap music here typically. We we play a little. We play some Eminem. We play some Cypress Hill. But I, I'm going to get into this just because, well, it's what I do. I'm an a-hole and I stir the pot and, and I believe in the cause. I'm going to drop it on you. So let's do this. Let's break out. Let's come back with my friend, Mr. Dylan Ferrandez of the Star Racing Yamaha team. <sighs> and then... I want to be happy today. I don't want to be so angry and get myself fired up. And I'm going to do that because it's kind of another thing that I just do a lot. After that, we're going to come back and talk about the top 10 per capita beer drinking states in America. That's good news. I like that. We'll do that right after Dylan Ferrandez here on The Big Four Nine. The Man Errged. Entertainment Report. Some pretty interesting rock and roll news leaked out and from all places it came from Tony Hawk. He apparently told somebody and then it went to social media and it ended up being true that Nine Inch Nails has gotten together and completely done the soundtrack for the brand new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie. I'm telling you, we haven't had an exciting soundtrack on a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie since Vanilla Ice did it. Organizers of a furry event in Florida are really bummed out because now children can't come to their event. That's right, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a law forbidding children from attending, quote, adult live entertainment events, and now they had to raise the age to 18. And if you know what a furry convention is, I'm not joking. It's where people dress up like, well, stuffed animals and have sex. It's a big old sexual deviant fiesta, and kids have no right being there whatsoever. So way to go, DeSantis. It's like a What the Florida Palooza on the entertainment today, but here's a story that involves Florida and dirt bikes, and I had to do it. An Oxello County Deputy Sheriff has been charged with culpable negligence and personal injury after he set a 26-year-old man on fire at a gas station. Well, how'd he do that? He was chasing the kid who was riding a dirt bike and doing wheelies down the street. The kid stopped at the gas station to fill up, at which point he wasn't cooperating when the police pulled up, so he tackled him and tased him. And you know what happens when you tase a guy that's covered in gasoline that's now spilled out of his dirt bike? Oh yeah, he catches on fire, gets burns over 75% of his body. So I don't know if that's a good call, but maybe you shouldn't ride your dirt bike in the street. Glad to see a cop did something about it, but you probably shouldn't put a dude up in flames for it. The Man-er. man with Stretch big 49 it is stretch, and right now we are sitting down with a dude straight out of france and back on the bike for the first time in a long time his name is dylan Ferrandez of the star racing yamaha team and after a quite the hiatus dylan you are able to get back onto the podium in your very first race here in the outdoor season uh what's it feel like walk us through uh you know that big hiatus you were the champ of outdoor in 2021 and we Basically, haven't seen much of you since then. So, what's been going
1: on? Mm, it seems a long time ago to me, but um, yeah, yeah too- uh, obviously, uh, coming back from injury is never easy. You can be yeah. champ, uh, injury is injury, you know. You have to yeah. rebuild yourself. You have to come back and uh, try again. So that's what I did. Okay. Uh, for sure, I'm very happy to be here, but a little yeah. bit surprised also. Like uh, okay. the last few, few weeks have been very tough for for the team and, and myself. We've been. Uh, struggling a little bit with the bike that yeah. new chassis yamaha 2023 uh, was way better in supercross but more difficult in motocross okay so uh, at least for me so uh, yeah we had to try a lot and uh, again today or uh, every session we try stuff on the bike so um, obviously my first session uh, was uh, terrible with the p13 uh, in practice yeah. and uh, then i we just improved um, session after session so so i'm very happy uh, very thankful for for all, all the big walk from uh, from the the guy in the team, and um, yeah, I'm I'm lucky they they worked this out because uh, the way it was uh, this morning, I would have never finished on the box today. So um, I think uh, now we can uh, we can uh, move on and uh, and build uh, more pace and um, give, try to be more. For me, it's like now try to be more confident on the bike and uh, improve my pace, my uh, my fitness, and everything, and just improve myself uh, race after race.
0: All right, Dylan, I-, I want to go back to the bike in a second, but before I get away completely from the talk of the injury, let- let's talk more about that. We know you got injured in Houston. You had a concussion, and then you came back in Daytona, had a really big crash there before the race even started. And uh, they took you away. Now, was the crash in Houston just ended up being more than what we thought it was? Or was the crash at Daytona more than we thought it was? Or was all of this just playing it very safe because we were talking about a concussion and concussion protocols? Like, walk us through exactly what was going on with you and the injuries uh, that kept you out for so long. Well, we know last year in the outdoor season, it was a broken bone. But but this year in Supercross, it was definitely concussion. So, walk us through what's all happened with you injury-wise over the last year it's been since we've seen you really.
1: I, at Daytona, I don't think I had any concussion. Some people, I mean, yeah. my team asked me, I was like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I just hit the ground pretty hard and uh, was pretty, pretty bad uh, the next day. Yeah. And, uh, but no, the problem was more that um, I think if I crashed like that in the, during the press in Daytona was because uh, I had a problem from my, my first crash in Houston, okay. from my, uh, my concussion at this time. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, it's not I think, I'm pretty sure my eyes were not completely back to normal. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, that's what, uh, after Daytona, we, we see some specialists and, uh, I wanted to make sure everything was fine and, uh, yeah. it was not. So that's why we, we decided to don't ride don't, ri- don't ride a supercross. And I went back to France and, uh, yeah. I spent four weeks with a, a specialist of concussion uh, rehab and, uh, yeah, we work on what was wrong. And, um, and obviously I find some great stuff. Like I was lucky to, to work with a, a super, super scientific, scientific, sorry, doctor yeah. and stuff. And, uh. Yeah, they just me. They just they just put me back on track, and uh, obviously it walk uh, because yeah, I finished on the box today.
0: All right, and you're on the box today. But how long has it been since you've been back on the bike? Once you went through all of the doctors over in France, how long until you uh, started riding again?
1: Uh, no, um, six. I think it was six weeks ago. Uh, okay. As soon as I flew back from France, I uh, just just take one week to get to the time change and uh yeah, yeah try the bike again and on, on motocross like a super easy track and uh yeah when i okay. s- when i felt like i like i didn't have the problem i had before with my eyes yeah. then uh, i was we just restart training out and uh but yeah it was too late obviously it was too late to to make the supercross i think i okay. uh, could have made maybe the last round but with no really preparation so it's not really yeah. r- really smart to do that so we focused on motocross but yeah all right i mean it's never enough you always want more <laughs> more testing more more days to to walk so um, yeah it's been a it's been a wild time but yeah i'm back
0: yeah you're back with a number three overall in your debut race of the pro motocross outdoor season and that is a quite a testament to to you being dialed in and being fast as hell but I do know, like you said earlier, that there was issues with the bike. You don't feel like you had enough time to test the bike. Like, uh, uh, like how long have you been getting this uh, outdoor setup ready for you? I know it's very different between Supercross and Outdoors. So do you feel like you had enough time to dial the bike in before you got to this race today?
1: Yeah, the thing is, uh, we got this new bike last year, but yeah. first thing we did was Supercross. You know, we, we prepped uh, since September. We, we rode in Supercross with it. Yeah. We never did any motocross session, any testing in motocross. So from roller-cross, we start from zero. So, um, yeah. so I, I, as soon as I get back on the bike after my my uh, my concussion and uh, all the rehab I did, uh, uh, I think I, I rode like six or five weeks. And uh, from now and um, yeah, we you know at the beginning you s- just want to get back to the pace and uh, just ride a little easy at the beginning. And as soon as uh, the pace was back, uh, we start some testing. But yeah, we had so much to do and so much to to learn that uh, it was pretty. Uh, Pretty intense and uh, yeah, like I said, uh, again, bet- even between the motor, we changed stuff today and uh, to try and test the bike and see what was going on. So so um, yeah, it's not easy. New bike is never easy, especially being uh, the only one in the team, uh, yeah. no teammate to try with me. So um, it's, uh, it's difficult, but yeah, obviously uh, we made it work.
0: All right, so you got the bike you're pretty dialed in. Obviously, if you did three threes today and got a third overall and you looked really, really good, mistake-free, never dropped the bike, everything really looked like it was dialed in. But now you know what the competition is at this point, and it's those two Hondas that finished in front of you in both of the motos. So what do you think it's going to take now for you to get dialed in, to get after those guys, and to get to the front of this pack?
1: um just feel good on the bike um okay. it's not some like before before today we didn't have much day where i was uh, focused on the on doing long long moto or work yeah. on my speed we were just focused on testing okay. so i i didn't even make uh, any much of moto okay. during the last five weeks so now we have a good setup i think we can yeah. uh, we can try some, some more stuff a little bit but i can just focus on uh my speed, my, my model in practice. And uh, yeah, and uh, right. you know, when you when you don't think about uh, how to improve your bike and you just focus on you <laughs> yeah. and uh, try to be faster, it's uh, the pace, the pace get, uh, get a bit better, the fitness get a bit better. And uh, yeah, I think uh, right now, that's what I need to do during the week, is just uh, work on my, on my uh, focus just on, on me and okay. not doing much of testing since we see the bike was good, great today. So right. I think, uh, if I can put myself back in this situation, it's what I did in 2021. And um, yeah, yeah uh, if I can find this this flow again, I think uh, yeah, I have a chance to, to fight with this guy for the win. All
0: right. We can't wait to see that happen as you dial it in, Dylan, because everyone knows you're just going to get faster as this season goes on. But here it is. Round one is in the books. You're back on the bike. You're looking good. Form is good. Bike is fast. Looks like you're getting it dialed in. So uh, uh, how happy are you that... You had no mistakes today, and everything really went well.
1: Uh, it's good. It's a good feeling. Um, obviously, uh, you don't want to make it, you don't want to do any big mistake at first <laughs> round. So. Yes was good. clean day, no crash, so yeah. I'm very happy, and uh, that's what I wanted to do.
0: All right. Well, congratulations, sir. You did it. It's great to see you back on an outdoor track, man. The last time you were on the outdoor track, you put on a clinic of a season, and it was fun to watch, and I can't wait to watch you battle with uh, Jet and Chase as this season progresses. So congratulations to you. Glad to have you back, and we will see you next week at Hangtown. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big big, 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 The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, it is time for game to recognize game, and I got to tell you, a place called Driven MX out in North Carolina, they opened their track out in a rural area of North Carolina, and all the neighbors started complaining and started filing petitions, and they got pulled in front of the board, and they got cited for operating an illegal business and they kept trying and trying and they kept appealing the court cases every time they would lose and it looked like they were going to be shut down for good and then they realized something you can ride all you want on private land on your private land outside of like 11 o'clock at night till 7 o'clock in the morning for noise ordinances but if you have dirt bikes and you have private land you can ride on it in north carolina so what they did is they turned the thing into an airbnb So now people are still riding out there. They're just renting the private property, at which point it is their property when they rent it that they can go ride dirt bikes on it. And touche, I say to the guys over at Driven MX, way to go. The county is still trying to fight them on this, but it's pretty damn funny. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a Stretch show. Right now it is time to talk about beer, my friends. Here on the Rock and Roll Motocross Spectacular that is The Stretch Show, Monday through Friday, 3 a.m. till noon Pacific. Shout-out to Dylan Ferrandez. We're international as F, boy. Talk to a little Aussie kid on Monday. We got the Frenchman today. We got a great American Chase Sexton on the show still to come today. And then if you missed our interview with Dylan Fernandez, that'll be popping up here at the end of the show. Shout-out to Dylan. I, I like that dude, man. He is exceptional at the outdoor season All right now let's get into the top 10 beer drinking per capita states in the union when i say the union i mean america number 10 per capita louisiana and let's not kid ourselves i would say a massive part of that comes from knowledge knowledge They drink like hell in New Orleans. That is a party town and a lot of people go there to drink. So I'm going to throw that one as a ringer. New Orleans disqualifies Louisiana on my list because that is tourists come in to drink your beer. That's not that you're pounding the beers. Number nine, I'm going to give you the same thing. Hawaii. Uh, Just so you know, in Louisiana, the way it breaks down is 27.5 gallons per uh, citizen of Louisiana annually. 27 and a half gallons. That's solid. Hawaii comes in at 28 gallons. But Hawaii, once again, that's a big old tourist state. What do you do when you're in Hawaii? You go out to eat, you drink beers, and you lounge around at the beach, get sunburned, and then drink more beers. That's what you do. So that one's a ringer. Number eight comes in just solid American drinking. I mean, they got a tourist attraction, but it's not bringing in the beer drinkers, and that would be Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. They come in at 29.1 gallons per capita. Pounding the brewskis, that's solid. That's my first tip of the hat, South Dakota salute to you. Number seven is a big old cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, 10 times worse than even Nolan's. So I will disqualify number seven on my list who come in at 29.5 gallons of beer per citizen of the great state of Nevada. And we all know Las Vegas tilts those scales disproportionately out of whack. So, Nevada, you're disqualified. Number six, now from here on out, uh, I got no beef, everyone, it's salute to you. Top six, we're tipping a cap. Uh, Tied with Nevada at 29.5 gallons, but they get the nod at number six because they don't have a Las Vegas in their state, is the state of Maine state that they say is more famous for its coffee-flavored brandy and its pine trees and all of that. Well, it's home to 90 different breweries, and it's a true bastion of uh, drinking. So coming in at 29.5 gallons is the state of Maine. Salute. Number five, uh, a home of the state I I like to call Florida North, and that would be 29.7 gallons of beer consumption per capita in the state of Pennsylvania. Home to the oldest brewery in the United States, which was established in 1829. And a lot of drinking going on there. You got Philly in there, which is a big-ass city. And you got Pittsburgh in there, which is a big-ass city. But shout-out to them. They're big-ass beer-drinking cities. So salute to Pennsylvania. I'm not going to take anything away from them at number five. Now at number four drinking an estimated 33.1 gallons of beer per capita is North Dakota we saw South Dakota on the list earlier North Dakota comes in they're like effing it's cold we're just gonna sit in and drink beer and the best part about our beer we don't even have to refrigerate it it's so effing cold here so shout out to you number three along those same lines of North Dakota just a cold ass northeastern area of the United States and that is Vermont Coming in at 35.3 gallons of beer consumption per capita per year. They got 60 breweries. It's one of those weird places where, you know, they're a little tree-huggery, but at the same time, they're a little into their craft beer. So shout out to Vermont. And now popping up from 35.3 in Vermont to 37.1 gallons of beer per resident of the state is Montana and they got everything. They say that they're a booze state, period. They got gins, they got bacon flavored vodkas, they got all kinds of stuff. But they got 48 breweries across the state and it is a serious beer drinking place. So salute to Montana. But hands down, all of you beer drinking, beer bellied mofos, take off your hat and bow down to a state that is greater than you at drinking beer. 41.5 41.5 gallons per capita. 41.5 gallons of beer annually per resident. And when you think of a lot of residents aren't of legal drinking age or can't drink, that's a hell of a lot of beer for those that do. They say with over 90 breweries and a large margin of victory, they say it was also the highest per capita ethanol consumer in uh, uh last year and it's one of the place with the, one of the most sought after beers in america one they call the russian imperial stout with their 90 breweries the hands down beer champion of america is new hampshire so shout out to new hampshire there you go that not at all what you thought no states from the south representing. none of the really big population states outside of pennsylvania popping on that list as a solid list, uh, I, I give you that uh, Louisiana, Hawaii, Nevada all have those cheater, real tourist attractions where uh, that are all just made for drinking. So, but New Hampshire topping that list. Shout out to New Hampshire, we salute you. All right, up next, what do you think happens when you got a house where a bunch of dudes live? They're alpha male type dudes. They're they're firemen. And you think they act like dudes? Well, now they're all in trouble at one place because apparently they acted inappropriately. I'm not even going to dime these guys out and tell you exactly where. I'll just give you the state. It's in Connecticut. And we're going to talk about this because it shows you the vaginal, just awfulness of the new generations and how stuff like this should have been funny to people who were coming up in the field and no, man. Then I was offended. I'm offended. how much of firemen are in trouble. Granted, they were doing dude stuff. But we'll talk about this next. It's the Big Forty Nine. Big Forty Nine. It is a stretch show on a big old hot throbbing Wednesday. <laughs> I can't help myself sometimes. Here's what we got. I got a story right now about some future EMS uh, EMS employees, emergency medical services, basically training to be firemen, training to be paramedics, but these are hopefuls. These are kids that are in an area that are like, Hey, I want to be an EMS worker. So they're like, all right, cool. Here's a good way that we'll teach you. We'll let you go to a training at a fire department. This is in Connecticut. And this happened on November 30th of last year. There was a training. Uh, and they didn't name names in here, and I'm not gonna do that. I, I'm not gonna shame these firemen for being firemen. And apparently the kids went and stayed there at the firehouse and were taught from the the professional EMS they were wannabe coming up. And they were there to be trained to learn to be EMS workers. But what happened is after the training, all these complaints started rolling in. I remember some of these kids were as young as 16 years old. Some of them were 18, but some of them were as young as 16. And apparently teenagers do not like being around dude culture. At least the young, you know, the young teens of now don't like being around dude culture because they're afraid it's going to hurt their vagina. And I'm talking about the boys because, you know, boys have been straight. Apparently Uh, we're finding out. I never knew that till now. And apparently this article is true. So they say at one point, a member of the fire department bent over and he turned around to a male student who was there and he said, oh, you're looking at my ass. It's a joke, obviously. Apparently the kid filed a complaint. He was horribly offended. Maybe he was looking at his ass. I don't know. Uh, They say, then they would have open sexual conversations at the dinner table that young People should not hear about sexual conquest, etc. You know why? You were in a you were in a locker room basically. You were in a locker room with a bunch of firemen, and you're gonna live in that environment if you're ever gonna become a fireman. And guess what? Firemen are not big vaginas, they're freaking Billy Badass alpha males, and they act like dudes. And you know what you need when your house is on fire and you need someone to come blasting through the door? You don't need a sensitive little bitch whose feelings are gonna be hurt. You need an alpha male that doesn't give an F if he gets hurt or dies. He's coming to get your ass. So you should thank God for a fireman every day and not be writing complaints about him for talking about sexual conquest in front of you or making a joke about you possibly looking at his ass because maybe you were you little bitch, but it gets better. And I'll tell you, this one could have happened. This could happen right at the big 49 kitchens. The thing was over, they were already getting complaints And then the mother of all complaints came in. Apparently, all of these young wannabe EMS workers, that were there at a field training exercise at this Connecticut Fire Department. They were treated to dinner, which the dinner was made by the fire department. You know, firemen live at the firehouse, or they live there four days a week or three days a week, depending on what their schedule is. And they eat, sleep, cook, and everything there. And well, they were served a meatloaf. Problem is, it was a penis-shaped meatloaf. That's right. Somebody served a big old beef cock down on the plate, and that is the end-all be-all. And now there is a massive investigation into the inappropriate behavior of these Knuckle Dragon firemen, who I salute. I salute you, firemen, for being freaking badasses. And I hope nothing happens to these guys. Uh, they say they will not use that fire department for any future EMS training. Apparently, they are buffoons. My kind of buffoons. Because I tell you, you come to eat at the Big 49 kitchen, there's a high probability I feed you a phallic-shaped meatloaf. And I say, yeah, you don't need teeth to eat my beef. It's so tender. That's right. That's what I tell you. But there we go. So the firemen are in trouble, and it just pisses me off. Pisses me off. All right, up next, we're going to get into a UFO story. It's an old UFO story from 1967. And I really like this new National Geographic UFO show. Called Investigating the Unknown. And it's an episode of that, but we're going to talk about it because it was a pretty cool episode and kind of was brushed under the rug for a long time. And this happened in the late 60s. We'll get into this one next. On stretch, it's the Big Four Nine on a hump day. Big, big, big. big. Dub. Big 49 Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. If you're one of those people that loves to ride at Fox Raceway and you're like, dude, I want to get out there and race just like the pros did last week, and you're wondering what's taking them so long to get their act together and reopen, well, I'll tell you what it is. June 2nd through the 4th, they are open, but not to you. They are only open to Loretta Lynn motocross qualifiers. That's right. There is an amateur qualifying event that is going to go on June 2nd through the 4th for Loretta Lynn's qualification. And if you are one of those people, you can go ride. If not, you gotta suck it up and wait another few days. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a stretch show. Typically I go into my X-Files theme when I talk about UFOs. Today we're gonna have a little more fun with it. We're gonna go with the Mothership Connection. Parliament, extended instrumental as I break it down on a story for you from 1967. Probably one of the most prolific UFO experiences in the history of the world, and it happened in Montana. And it was a gnarly situation. I've seen interviews with these guys before. Guy named Robert Salas, he headed the Maelstrom base in Montana in the United States in 1967. He says a guard came screaming towards him, going, hey, man, there's some strange lights, and they're coming our way. There's strange lights. So these guys are protecting a base in Montana that houses nukes so that if all hell broke loose with the Ruskies or the Chinese or something, those things would launch, and they would launch right from that base in Montana. You know, the same base that the Chinese were flying a balloon over, doing figure eights in the sky with a weather balloon, and nobody was thinking anything about it, President Poopy Pants, you dumbass. So anyway, this is 1967. We got nukes there. The Cold War is on and popping, and all of a sudden you see strange lights coming straight to your base. What do you think? You're you're like, oh crap, we're under attack. Something's happening. So let's get on alert. The Freaking member, And the nukes are down in a subterranean bunker that are really deep but they say these reddish orange lights that are pulsating now come directly up over the base and are now hovering. They say they are hovering motionless and there is no sound and you can see that there is a solid object within the light but the light was really really bright and the solid object was oval shaped. Mr. Salas, who was the guard, said, like, ah, yeah, whatever, what do we got, a UFO or something? And the guy said, well, sir, it's not an airplane. At that point, the guy goes out and witnesses it, and he sees the alleged UFO, and they all freak the F out. All these soldiers freak out because they don't know what the hell this is, and it's hovering over the top of their base where they are housing more nukes than you need to blow, basically, Montana right off the map. And then they say they're they're waiting there. They order the guards out with guns, and everybody basically, we're on high alert. We, we think we are about to be attacked. So everybody get out there and take your positions and get ready to defend the base and, and by all means defend these nukes because that would be really, really bad if something was to happen to the nukes. Guy says five minutes later, he calls back down to the to the supervisor, and he says the guy is screaming, and everyone's frightened, and they're all like, Get your weapons, get out there, get ready to defend, that they're ready to fight. It's their job, that's what they do. The captain immediately demanded nothing entered the defense area of, of the base or you attack it. If it comes within the fence lines of the base, we attack it. The U.S. nuclear missiles at that point all malfunctioned, which to this day is impossible. It can't happen. They all turned on and then shut down. Every nuke in this facility was turned off by whatever that was in the sky that night. This thing flew up, it armed them, and then shut them off. Now, is that UFO aliens coming in to go, hey, we know what you got here, and we, we can shut these all down immediately? Or is this coming and saying, hey, man, we'll blow these up and end all of you and just take over your planet? Like, we don't know. But it remains one of the most insane UFO encounters ever and when we kind of realized, hey, we don't really have control of these nukes if these things are around because they can just do whatever they want with them. Say the terrifying incident caused the missiles to deactivate, which led to an investigation by the US Air Force. But even after a three-year investigation, the US Air Force stopped its investigation and reported, nah, none of this ever happened. We, We don't know what you're talking about. So they go into it for three years. They find no way that this could happen because without the arm codes or the launch keys, none of this could have happened. It's impossible. Yet an object flew up over the top that they don't know what it was and the nuke shut off. And then at that point, the government completely switched from investigating to denying. And that has been their typical, typical thing. That the guys are all speaking out. And there are more and more as they get older and older and some of these guys are still around. They were in the Air Force back in the 60s. And it is a pretty crazy story. But something to think about. The nukes wouldn't really do anything if they rolled in. They just shut a nuke off. Will Smith movie's full of crap, Independence Day. You come flying at their spaceship with a nuke and they'll just turn it off. and be like, "Well, well, that didn't work. All right, up next. Let's play an interview with our friend Chase Sexton. And then after that, we'll get into a What the Florida story where people are getting the old poopies in masses. Lots of poopies. The extreme Florida poopies. Tell you what's causing it. We'll do it next. It's the Big 49. right after Chase Sexton. Big, big. The Big 49. Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. As I was basking in my glory of getting Daniel Blair to actually quit motocross, I gotta tell you, Chris Cooksey put up a video and it takes all of the limelight off of Stretch and he puts it all directly on Ricky Carmichael. He does a very compelling case. It's a YouTube video of where RC was just basically a massive dick to Daniel Blair all of the time and it made Daniel Blair just say screw this I'm out of here remember they worked together on the television broadcast and apparently according to Cooksey things weren't going well and RC was a massive a-hole at all times so I got to look at myself now and think wow Moto Man might quit the Big 49 any minute now I'm Stretch another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now Big 49 it is a stretch show on a hump day thank you for listening to us stretch show runs from 3 a.m. till noon pacific Monday through Friday and it runs at all times any episode you ever want to dig up you can find anywhere podcasters served. the only motocross rock radio station in the world has the greatest morning show ever and that is the stretch show I know I am stretch and every day when I'm done with the show I take the show and I edit it down in my fancy editor it's funny you could do that when you're an actual radio guy and you edit it down your fancy editor, you make it into one long file, usually anywhere between like 48 and minutes to an hour. And it's weird. It's already on like episode 84 or something like that since I started doing this. And the show was on for years. And then people would always go, we have a podcast. And I thought, you know what? We have a 24-hour, uh, day, 7 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week radio station after you. And then I was like, oh, okay. Well, and, and the more I heard advertisers be like, Well, there's a podcast. I'm like, all right, well, I'll turn it into a podcast, too. So now I got both. Oh, yeah, and then I'll turn it into a vlog. And we got that, too. The vlog's available at thebig49.com. Yeah. Just when you think you know all the answers, I change the questions. Moto Media, Terrestrial Radio, suck it. All right, let's talk about... People getting the massive case of the craps in Florida. That's why I'm playing flock of seagulls. Nobody craps more than a seagull. Could be you though, if you go to Florida and it's coming from the seaweed. There's a a thing called, it's a flesh eating bacteria that can cause leaky gut syndrome. You know what leaky gut syndrome is? That's a fancy name for really hyper explosive diarrhea. This uh, syndrome is called saragasm. What happens is there's tons of seaweed and the seaweed blankets the beaches and it's thick brown algae and it starts to decompose and it reeks. And if you walk by and like step on it or get on it, they say it's mixed in with plastic debris and it creates what scientists call a pathogen storm as it sits and rots on the beaches. And beachgoers who come in contact with it run the risk of getting uh, leaky gut syndrome which means they go home and poop their faces off. Literally, you poop so hard, you look in the mirror and you don't have a face anymore. So Saragassum is what they get once the seaweed washes ashore. It carpets the beaches, it releases a pungent smell as it decays, and then it becomes entangled in humans and animals that are walking down the beach or in the water. They say the hotels and resorts run almost around the clock operations to keep the seaweed off the beaches in front of their place because they don't want their Freaking customers coming up with a big old case of the turds. They say that when the seaweed interacts with plastic debris, it's called Vibrio Bacteria. And it's in the ocean and it creates that pathogen storm and that's where people really get it. The biggest Vibrio Bacteria threat is a condition called Leaky Gut Syndrome. A recent study conducted by Florida Atlantic University found Saragassum ends up on beaches, tends to harbor high levels of Vibrio bacteria, the infection that can cause a range of symptoms from explosive diarrhea, stomach cramps, vomiting, fever chills, ear infections, because it gets in your ears when you're in the ocean, and wound infections if you got a wound and you go in the ocean. So note to self, Seaweed, uh, by the way, I don't know what it is. I know all my times in my life that I would go in the ocean, I'd be in the ocean. If seaweed got on me, it would just freak me out. I, I, it's just so gross. I do not want it touching me. I, I didn't want it near me. Seaweed was gross. Now I hear that it has explosive diarrhea attached to it. I'm really afraid of seaweed. Yeah, don't go in the ocean. Sharks, explosive diarrhea, killer seaweed. They got it all. Sounds gnarly. All right, coming up next, I'm going to get into a story. I'm going to play a rap song, something I would never do, but it is by a guy that's getting shaded, literally, by iTunes and uh, YouTube and everyone. They are epping with his algorithms, and they are trying to make his little song disappear. It's a 2-minute and 40-second song. I'm going to dump it on the backside of the segment when I talk about it. And Not something I would normally do on the 49, but I feel like, you know what, this is important. I'm going to go ahead and do it. He released this track May 25th, and it is the number one song on iTunes. And he's making a lot of money, and he's also getting screwed. He should be making a lot more. We'll talk about it next on The Big 49. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. After watching round one of the pro motocross season at Fox Raceway over the weekend, I had this takeaway. Cooper Webb is going to get better this year. This is a dude that had literally about two days on the bike before turning up at Pala unexpectedly to race round one of the motocross season. He battled hard with AP for the fourth overall spot, ends up getting fifth overall on a day that nobody even thought he was gonna be there. And let me tell you this, no one works harder, no one grinds harder than Cooper Webb. Look for him to only get better in these opening rounds of the pro motocross season. I am Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a stretch show world's only motocross rock radio station in the world. And I'm about to play a rap song at the end of this segment. I'm gonna do it because I'm gonna throw a nod to this mofo and just create awareness on his song. This guy you've never heard of. He's got the number one song on iTunes right now. He's beating Taylor Swift. He's beating everybody with big albums out that are on massive record labels that are getting tons of promotion and craploads of crappy radio airplay. Craploads of streams, craploads of clicks on YouTube. And this guy is getting effed. And I'll tell you why he's getting effed, because of the political agenda of the technology platforms that his song is on. That is exactly why. Goes by the rapper name of Blow. And he wrote a song. And it's basically a song called Boycott Target. And it's him and his his dudes, And I love the... I'm looking at the video. In the video, they are rapping inside of Target stores. And they're walking around. And all of them are wearing USA gear and Patriot gear and stuff like that. And they're all rapping about all the homo stuff inside of Target. All of the gay pride agenda. And they're talking about that they're pushing this on your kids. And that why are they pushing a sexual thing on children? That's the knock on this. It's not, hey, everyone understands there's gay people in the world. And no one wants to do anything bad to gay He's like, you're gay, go be gay. But why do you gotta push like a sexual thing on a child that doesn't really understand that yet? That should be up to the parents, not up to the general population. That's the angle that many, many people have. And Target has had, in this store where they walked through and filmed the video, they're picking up gay items in the children's book section. They're picking up toys that have gay themes to them. They're picking up a lot of gay-themed alcohol brands They're picking up all kinds of gay clothes for children and adults, and they're like, in their minds, this isn't right. So they make the song called Boycott Target, and it blows the F up, shooting to number one on iTunes. Well, guess what? iTunes doesn't like that. They don't want you boycotting Target. They don't want you being uh, what they consider to be anti-gay or homophobic. So they toned his crap down. Dude's like, wait a minute. He had a meteoric rise to the top when this song broke out and people started hearing it going, this is pretty cool. They say Blow appeared uh, in an interview where he's now saying, yeah, 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 no, there's some crap out there where the top brass at iTunes are responsible for watering down what they call shadow banning his art. He's saying this is complete BS and that they are censoring him because they don't like his quote, unquote, conservative message. Says the term shadow ban refers to a certain form of censorship that sees users' contents blocked from part or all of an online form without warning. And they'll just tweak the algorithm so that where you should be getting, because you're, you're on fire hot, you should be getting even more views. They should be pushing that to get even more and more views. They water it down so fewer people see it unless they're absolutely hunting for it. I went on it today and bought the song. That's what I did. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go buy this song because this is a load of crap. I don't like that they're censoring everywhere you turn, man. Social media censored, they tampered with the election. These people should be put in jail. They promote fake news, they suppress real news and they are horrible satanic devil worshiping a-holes in my opinion. And we can't allow this and everyone's views should be out there. And it's funny if your views are out there and they are skyrocketing to the top of the platform, you would think that more people have that view than you give credit to, yet here you are trying to censor that view. Well, we can't have that. This dude's name is Blow. This song is called Boycott Target. Listen to the lyrics. It's pretty compelling. And if you feel so compelled, Search that bitch out on freaking iTunes and buy it and show them to suck it. Or watch the YouTube video. And, and What sucks is these technology companies are still making money on it, and they shouldn't because they're doing everything they, they can to squash it. F and A-holes. All right, here's the song. It's Blow, Boycott Target. A rap song, a gnarly rap song on the Big 49. Yeah, yeah. Target shoppers, Target yeah. shoppers, yeah. They don't even need to ask, cause you all know what it is Yeah, that's why I keep a strap, and I'm always by my bed This agenda gotta stop, yeah, you know we gonna win When they target, target, yeah, they target and Target, target, yeah, they target kids Target, target, yeah, they targetin'. target and target, yeah, target, target, yeah, target, target, yeah, they target kids You know kids. The targets that wrong, trying to play with these kids It's the mayor of Megaville, I'm preaching transnies was called they pushing the gender promoting sexual genders i'm only rocking with bruce don't rock with no kalean agenda. you think that gay gon get you paid Yeah, we gon see It's my longest one is one we trumpin baby they put a target on my back but they targeting your kids they don't even need to ask cuz you on know what it is yeah that's why i keep a strap and i'm always by my biz this agenda got to stop target yeah they target 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 yeah they target kids target target yeah they target and target target yeah they target kids heard the news story target targeting kids they going after our youth and yeah they do it like this if you ain't mad yet what Why? Why they trying to mess with the kids and give misconceptions? They manipulating minds and making evil impressions Got little boys talking, out by time they kings got, got depression We need to clean up on every island side. So they star Satan resides Wash it with the blood of Christ It's needed here, so we don't think twice Dating with a Satanist We all know this is easy coming for revenge target is target and they put a target kid. on my back but they are targeting your kids they don't even need to ask because you all know what it is yeah that's why i keep a strap and i'm always by my beds this agenda gotta stop yeah hey, you know we're gonna win when they target target yeah they target and target target yeah they target kids target target yeah they target and Big 49, it is a stretch show. Time to get up out of here. That's what I got to do. Stretch, drop, rap music. Protest, rap music. It's crazy. is it? Who would have thought that rappers would be the guys standing up for what's right? What's like common sense? <laughs> this is an upside down world that we live in. I feel like we're in Stranger Things. We're in upside down world right now. Because things are insane. And I'm going to do my best to protect free speech you know what's weird? I don't know anyone, anyone, that is out to censor views from the left. They just are great. Even if you're opposed to them, you're like, you say what you want to say. But because they control the tech sector, because they control the mainstream media, they go out of their way to censor the message coming out from people that don't agree with them or people from the right. And you can't have that. It's not the American way. So I'm gonna step in when I can and point out wrongs, rant about stuff and go crazy, kind of my specialty. Um, Tomorrow, we will get into the 250 interviews from Fox Raceway at Pala. We'll start with your overall winner, Mr. Hunter Lawrence. And then on Friday, we'll kick it down with the other remaining interviews. And it should be a good time get Danger Boy Deegan in there on Friday, too. That'll be good. I'm, that kid's impressive, man. Coming out number two overall on his first race in the outdoors. It just, I like that kid, man. The upside of that kid is tremendous. at 17 years old. So shout out to the entire Deegan family. It was fun to watch uh, Brian and his wife, uh, Marissa, out there and just how excited they were for Hayden and just a cool thing, man. And, and I'll tell you this. Here's something else. As we were there, crack of dawn, um, they have a writers' meeting and it's out there. They kind of talk to the writers on a microphone and go over rules and stuff like that. And so a lot of writers come out and stand there. A lot of the writers don't come out for it. But immediately following that, somebody comes out and does basically what is a church service. And the only writer I saw out there, big name writer, on a factory ride, was. Hayden Deegan, who is standing there at the church service with his father by his side. And I mean, they weren't filming it and they weren't putting it on their Instagram, but they were just there and they were there uh, praising the Lord. And that was cool to see, man. I like Brian Deegan. I like what he has done. And it seems like he's got a good kid and I wish that kid the best and continued success. So we'll talk to him later this week. Right now, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. So till then, God bless you all and God bless the United States of America.